Hi friends, welcome back to We Are the BYC. This episode is part two of the interview with Life of Baby Yoda. So do you are you able to have any sort of other hobbies outside of any, you know your work life, your personal life? The BYC. You know, I used to have hobbies. I used to uh, before I was very involved in uh, the Baby Yoda community. Before it was even a thing. Before I was studying uh, communications, I was part of the singing. Uh, Disney Princesses of San Antonio. I would partake in birthday parties where I was. They would choose uh, the Disney princess that I was, and it was it was a lot of fun. I loved music, but at a point, I started getting very overwhelmed with the fact that I had to prove myself to someone. I just wanted to be happy. If I wanted to sing, I'll sing. If I wanted to dress up in it as a Disney princess, I would. I didn't want to prove myself to anyone, so I started prioritizing what made me happy. Was it doing these birthday parties? Was it uh, playing piano and learning all the uh, chords to the end of time? Was it that? No, that was things that I would do because I wanted to do. And I did have other hobbies before then, but as time went on, I realized that with less time that I had, with being part of uh, a very demanding job, which was also my passion, marketing and promoting people and helping people move into their dream home, I had less time and I had to give up a few things that I thought that used to fuel my happiness, which honestly, at the end of the day, it really didn't. It was just more of a validation point. Like I'm doing this because I'm good at it and other people think I'm good at it, but am I truly happy? And at the end of the day, when I film a video of the babies and it comes out to be incredible and everything that I've ever dreamed of, that is what makes me happy because I know that that content that goes out, they're sharing with their own children or people that can't have children who rely on the babies to be their anchor, which I have met lots of people. I don't even know at this point in my life if I can have children. So these can be my only babies at this point in my life. And I said, I want to create videos that are going to make people smile. It doesn't matter what age group. They could be 90 years old. They can be 10. They can be 12. And that's what I want to do. And we started creating videos together as a team, Brian and I, of course, every now and then Brian has created his own content, has uploaded, and then he has passed passed the torch to me. Like, Nicole, (laughs) is this your idea? Do you want to do this? And at the end of the day, I realized this is what truly makes me happy. And as much as I love also doing birthday parties as another, as a Disney princess, it didn't give me that gratification because I was just a person being hired for a person's birthday party. Like children, they loved me. But at the end of the day, I loved photography, cinematography. And if it couldn't happen for myself as an individual, if I couldn't captivate people as me, as a whole, then I was going to captivate them in a different way. And I ended up finding that in the babies, like people loved them. They loved their storyline. They loved anything else that went with them. And I thought, okay, well, if it's not me, it's going to be them. And I put all my energy towards them. And 
that's what brought me success, not necessarily with money, but with happiness, uh, genuine happiness for me. And I think you said it perfectly that when you were doing the Disney princesses, yeah, the kiddos love it, but you're still kind of playing a role. It's not you expressing yourself and being able to to put what you want out there. You have to wear the shoes, essentially, of, of somebody else. Yeah. Do you know of any sort of, like, memorable or impactful moment that occurred because of your Instagram page? Definitely. I remember our first post blowing up when we had school, before school was even BY school. It was just our babies in school. We just yeah. thought, oh, school's starting. Charlie <laughs> looks like an adult. We're going to put him in front of a map and point with a a teacher's pointer and have the baby sit at desks and it blew up. Everyone was like, this is the cutest thing I ever saw. And it melted my heart because first of all, people were happy. Second of all, they thought it was cute. And third of all, it was our idea. It wasn't me based off of a, a Disney personality. Like yeah. when I get in front of those children and I sing as Belle or Ariel, it's because I am what someone else made of that person. But this time, Grogu didn't teach school in The Mandalorian. We made that up. So many people made up that he loves chicken nuggets. Like, you don't see <laughs> Grogu funny. ordering chicken nuggets in The Mandalorian. <laughs> He's eating frogs, right? <laughs> uh, so whenever we come up with our own concept, that's truly what melts my heart when it, it actually reaches out to other people. When... I created BY School and people are actually messaging me like this helped me with my mental health. That is ultimately my biggest goal there. I have somebody who has previously struggled with so many mental health issues with bullying, with anything else that you that could come with that. And if I'm able to help them through children, through babies, through our imagination, then that is exactly what I was made to do. Even if other people thought it was silly, I don't care because at the end of the day, I'm changing. I don't even care if it's five people's lives. That's good enough for me. Like, I don't think I changed any of those children's that I sang for lives at my a Disney event. I think they're just like, oh, she's pretty. She's in a dress and she looks like a princess. But this time <laughs> it's these people make me feel like I deserve to be here. I'm sad and I'm lonely. Now I feel like I'm a part of something. Mm -hmm. And that is where it changed my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I've, I've heard other friends who've had sort of similar, not exactly the same experiences as you, but just people making comments on posts saying, you don't know how much I appreciate your posts and I'm going through such a rough time right now and just seeing your posts every week or every other day is what what brings me through it and it just that blows my mind in a way that well when I started my account it was just for for fun it was just you yeah. know for the babies but then when you realize like how many people really are affected by it it's it, it's very I don't want to say satisfying in a way that I feel, oh, I'm so satisfied. Yes, it, yes, I, I completely agree with yeah, you. Yeah, it makes, it, it's making a difference to some people. If it's one person or five, it's made a difference. If it's just one person, that's all that I can ever ask for. Yep. Like if I'm helping someone through the dark times that I was not helped through, through the times where I thought, okay, like I don't think I can live another day. And 
for these people who have been in my same situation, I have never been one to think I'm the only person who feels this way. I, I know that hundreds, thousands, millions of other people feel the exact same way as me, but how can I help those people? How can I make them feel like they are included in a world that is so dense, yeah. in a world that is so problematic? How can I make them feel like they're heard in that way, you know? And people can think it's silly all they want, but I genuinely believe that BUI school has helped people out of a very dark place because it has helped me. So that I believe that. And if I, I have haters every now and then who message me very aggressive things and I feel sorry for them. Like I, I don't, I'm not angry at them. I don't, I'm not upset that they think that way, but they just haven't found that spot yet. They haven't found why does, why am I so angry at this person? I don't know. And I don't waste my time in that situation. Every single time I've ever felt, I don't belong here. I'm not supposed to be here. The baby Yoda school, the BY community has helped me realize that I am supposed to be here. People that are haters, they can get to you. I mean, as much as you can try to convince yourself, like this is a person that doesn't know me. I don't have, they don't have anything to do with me. It can get to you. Um, oh yeah. You're going to get the haters, but you just, you just remember who who you're there for or what your reason for being there is and it's 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 all the other people that appreciate you so we know teacher charlie is like yes he's, he's the one sure. in charge yes teacher charlie he gets mad easily he's he's easily angered and uh he's very stern but he's also very sweet like he he gives so many students the benefit of the doubt. He sees the best in everyone. And uh, he was the perfect fit for the teacher. I mean, we know Grogu is the first, so he's uh, very spoiled. He knows that he thinks he's mommy and daddy's favorite, Aww. but that's not necessarily the case. He's not our favorite. We love him tremendously. He gets to go on most every trip that we go on, but that's because He's easy to pack and he's easy to dress. He's not battery powered and I don't want to tell him that, but that's the only reason why we take him. Oliver is very sweet. He's usually very hungry. His his personality is that he's fat and he, he loves to eat. I mean, in the year, but he's holding a cookie. And I, I couldn't describe Oliver any better than holding a cookie and being always hungry. And Chelloe, which everybody is enamored with Chelloe. They want to know, how did Chelloe become Chelloe? And he became that way because one day we were decorating our Christmas tree and he happened to be in front of the largest ornament that we own, staring deeply into it. All of the other kiddos were not. They were just there ready to decorate, but he was just looking at himself and me and Brian looked at each other like, what do we have here? <laughs> and we were like, he's conceited. This baby is conceited and obsessed with himself. And he could not stop staring at himself in the ornament. The kids were concerned. They wanted to know why was he like this? And I kid you not, every time we put him in a mirror, he would turn on, he would um, interact with the mirror and his personality just developed. We knew he was going to be 
one of those kids that was obsessed with himself. And he has <laughs> he has a girlfriend. He was able to find love. I mean, she has to come second, of course. Mm-hmm. He just he has his own personality and he's very demanding and it's all about him, right? So if anyone else is in his shot, they don't exist. He just came to that. Like Brian and I looked at each other. It's like one day he was celery, one day he was celery, and now he's cellowy and he told us that. And <laughs> we can, you, people can call us crazy all we want. Like Brian's over here smiling in the corner, but it's like, we know. He told us. His favorite thing is the zoo. I mean, we think that it's not the mirror maze downtown San Antonio, but it's a zoo. We always take him to the zoo. It's our tradition. He goes to the zoo every chance he gets. And uh, he just, no, like he just tells us, he communicates with us. He is our good luck charm. We rub his head in the morning. And whenever we're having a bad day, I'm like, are you gonna give us luck? And he always does. I'm not even kidding you. I remember. Brian was in the process of looking for a new car after his Honda Fit had been slammed into by a careless 18-year-old. Oh, it wasn't a Fit. What was it, Brian? It was a a Accord. It wasn't terrible. It was just an 18-year-old that was uninsured and didn't know how to drive who slammed into us. And Brian was in desperate need of a new car. And and then one day, Brian stumbled across a very nice Honda CR-V, and he looked at Chelloe and he said, is this my car? And Chelloe like literally animated up and he started cooing. And Brian rubbed his head in the morning. He said, this is my car, isn't it? And he did the force and everything. Mm-hmm. Brian went and it was most definitely his car. He ended up getting it. It was such a steal. It was in great condition. It's has been his car ever since. And Brian, I mean, Chelloe has literally been the good luck charm. We have called him our good luck charm in our family ever since. And they just exude positive energy. They do. Yep. It's absolutely 100%. Um, Okay, you had that accident. um, And we know that you went through physical therapy and all that. But how, like, are you doing? Like, are you okay? (laughs) Oh, yes. So I am definitely okay. I mean, the accident happened about a year ago. February 3rd, I'll never forget. It was the day I released my very, very first yearbook. Uh, I had spent months on that yearbook just waiting for the day to release it. And I finally came up with the date, February 3rd. I remember waking up that day knowing that all those drafts were in my inbox at uh, 9 a.m. But when I woke up that day, something was not right. Like the air was way too quiet. I had driven to work and I realized something is not right today. Hmm. I just, I feel something off. Like I don't know what it is. And when I got sent for that errand at about 2 p.m., and got hit by that 18 wheeler. All I could think was this was it. Cause I had gotten, I don't know if everyone knows the story, but I had gotten dragged by the 18 wheeler for 250 feet, uh, nearing a bridge in San Antonio on the I-35 highway, which if anyone's familiar with San Antonio, which is the most dangerous highway in San Antonio with the largest dip 
If someone were to fall off that highway, they would be killed instantly. I saw my life flash before my eyes. I had just released the yearbook. I was very upset that they had sent me on this errand at my previous job. And I was, I was just upset because all I wanted to do was just sit in my desk and read what everyone had to say. Because I had worked so hard on this yearbook. I had waited months, days, and we did not have as many students as we did this year. And it was very short-lived for me. I had remembered one moment reading, I love this yearbook. And then the next moment, it was days later, I was oh, in a hospital still. And um, Brian was like uh, reading through it and all that. But I just know that I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy because I had torn my shoulder had multiple cracks and herniations in my spine and in oh my, my lower God. back. And it just, it was not the day for me. It was not the month. I was severely stressed. My car was completely totaled. It was brand new. It was three God. months old. I, I was so disappointed in my job. My job not caring about me, not being there for me. I had to be at work one week exactly later. Yeah, they wanted me uh, carrying garbage, uh, <laughs> washing all the dishes, making sure I was a personal assistant to anybody and anyone who asked. All the while, I had one arm. My boss at the time was ridiculing me, making fun of me. And I invented to the BY community about this. And they told me, Nicole, you need to get out of there. And... I wanted to, at the time it wasn't possible. I had just closed on my first home. I know we were three days away from closing and I had gotten into this terrible accident where my car was totaled and I, my body was ruined for life. I mean, it's just, it's all the things that I used to be able to do were not there. I had a, a trip to Japan that I had booked four months prior <laughs> and I was in pain the entire trip and I recalled speaking with my sister two days ago saying I loved that trip everything about it except I was in so much pain and uh it's sad because I know that day was bittersweet because I had just released my very first yearbook but to answer your question I'm doing much better I have completed every round of physical therapy that I uh, was uh, given I gone through every injection the most painful procedure in my entire life five times over getting a seven inch uh very thick needle into my back um multiple times when you're supposed to be put to sleep fully awake because I had no one at the time to drive me to the hospital I don't have that much family in San Antonio and the only family members I did have were unable to be there for me, not because they didn't want to, but because they had jobs. I had to go into all those appointments fully aware and awake while they injected a giant needle into my back. And I passed out, I threw up, I was very sick for days and it's really hard to think about, but at the same time, I'm very grateful to have gone through that because I know what pain feels like and I know what it's like to be alive and to be happy. And to be honest, the Baby Yoda community was really the only reason that got me through that because at the time I felt like I had no one on my side and they made me feel like I was important enough to be here. They made me feel like there was a reason why I wasn't killed in that accident because I honestly, 
I think about it all the time. I don't understand how I wasn't. To think that I was seconds away from an 18-wheeler pushing me off a bridge. And he stops right before the bridge, even uh, the uh, treacherous point of no return. That's when I realized I was meant to be here. I was meant to help people through their times of need. I was meant to be here to help them through their mental health. Regardless if I am the CEO of Apple or if I am the CEO of Hulu or whatever that may be, you know, all the very important people out there. I am part of the BYC community. I am part of BY school. And even if there's only a hundred people that follow what I do, I help them through some of the darkest points of their life. And I've had people vent their every day to me and tell me like, if it wasn't for BY school, I don't know where I would be. And I think for that very reason, I was meant to keep alive because I was seconds away from death. And I'm telling you right here, right now, that I saw my life flash before my eyes when that 18 wheeler dragged me for 250 feet. And I was nearing the end of my life when he was about to push me over that bridge. And he stopped right before I hit the bridge. And we were so lucky that it was only a torn shoulder and multiple herniations in my spine and back. It could have been so much more worse that he would have pushed me off that bridge and I would have never lived to see another day to teach BY school to help <laughs> these people to have cello um have more of a personality. And I was off, off Instagram for days and I realized this was my calling. He kept me alive for this reason. I will never think anything less that this community is that powerful. Mm -hmm. It it one hundred percent is. Oh my God, Nicole! I I didn't know. I mean, I knew that that was a pretty devastating accident. Um, just hearing that you had been dragged by a semi truck, like an 18 wheeler who goes through that and, and lives to tell the tale. But I didn't realize it was that intense. Like, yeah, that's life changing. I dream about it all the time. I dream that it goes a different way. I dream oh, yeah. of the, I remember my passing. Well, I, it was the driver's side that he hit. I remember like he hitting the back of my car and then it rotating completely to the point where he's just hitting oh, the uh, driver's side. And I dream of the 18 wheelers up front every single, like I dream about it like once a week, like just, it's been a year, exactly a year. I still dream about it. I still dream about it going another way. And I think it's just because I was so traumatized by, it. I still am traumatized. It took me five months to drive again. Uh, but I'm much better now. I can drive. I still get very nervous driving next to semis because the man, I think he was on drugs. I'm not even kidding. I think he was on something. He, he seemed very off. We're in the middle of a lawsuit now. And although I'm fully recovered, my PTSD is not, and yeah. I still get severely nervous driving every day to work. And I'm so thankful that now I found a job that's only 10 minutes away from my, my home but I just know that my life almost ended because I don't know if he was fully rested or if he was under the influence, but to my understanding now, as my lawsuit goes on, he was not um, sober. So 
I just know that I just want to advocate to all those who have been in that to please, if you are in that industry, drive sober and get your rest because yeah. I know how hard it is to be exhausted. But please do not turn to cocaine or you could accidentally hurt someone who means so much to the world. And I know that that day when I got into the accident, everybody was so worried that the end of BY school had had come. Yeah. I was at work that day and I know that, like I said, I wasn't a part of BY school, but I knew of BY school and, and teacher Charlie and loved, <laughs> loved the videos that, you know, of, of the school for the kids. And when I heard that, I, I couldn't focus on work. I was, I was in an, I, I used to work in a, in a clinic and I was in an, in, a, in an exam room crying like, oh my God, please let her be okay. Please let her be okay. It was it was devastating. I mean, and I wasn't a part of the school, so I cannot imagine how everybody else was feeling at that time. It was, it was very real for all of us. And I'm just so happy that it was not as bad as the thing. They did keep me for a while, but that's just because I had multiple, um, injuries and it wasn't yeah. because I was dying. It was because they were trying to assess how I was going to be able to treat it, be treated because it wasn't just a broken arm or like a broken leg. It was an AC torn ligament that could have been in grade four. And it was multiple spine and back injuries Good and they God. didn't know how to release me. To this day, I cannot lift weights. I was very, very fit before my accident. I was in Pilates and weightlifting and I, I cannot do weightlifting. I have since returned to Pilates but I can no longer weightlift anymore. It's a threat to my back yeah. and my spine and my lower body. And um, after completing physical therapy, they have told me that I will no longer be able to weightlift ever again. Although they say that I can return to a life of amusement parks and fun, <laughs> that it will never be the same. I know, know that I have taken a risk and got on the chillest um roller coaster in SeaWorld San Antonio in mm -hmm. December and I was bedridden for about 30 days. Uh, I really miss my old life. But at the same time, I'm very thankful that that 18-wheeler didn't kill me because at the time I had a very small Chrysler and I had just traded it in for the fit that I used to have. And if I was in fit, I'm telling you right here, right now, I wouldn't be here. I, I went from when I was in my accident, a 28-year-old person to a... I would say 65 year old in just a flash of a second. Like I went from being young to doing whatever I want to hike. I couldn't do that anymore. And we had a trip to Japan that year. And I said, I'm going to get strong. My, my arm is going to be fine. I will be fine. But that entire trip, I was in pain. I had the time of my life, but I know that the one thing that I'll never forget was how much pain I was in. And the amount of medication I have in my drawer is not funny. <laughs> um, it's, it's changed me a lot in ways where I have gone through the most painful experiences of my life with going through um, uh, steroid injections to um, painkillers that have almost changed my entire personality uh, to um, being so angry at life and so sad but at the same time not being sad because I realized how grateful and um, 
how lucky I am to it not being worse. I have known people who have gotten the exact same injections as me, who have been in the same exact 18 wheeler predicament as I have and have died about five months ago from the exact same steroids that I was getting. Oh they died God. on the uh, table. And I knew that at that moment I had to stop getting injections, even though I was in pain. I just knew that it wasn't right. Like from the moment I was there, I had a bad feeling. I had passed out on the table when they had given me the injections. I had thrown up. I have been at the point where I had gone in with a full face of makeup and lipstick and walked out and I looked in the mirror and I was as pale as a ghost. The whatever injections they gave me sucked out the life of my lipstick and I looked like a walking corpse. And I had wow. some pictures of Brian and he said, what is the matter? Like, what happened to you? And I told him, I said, they injected my back and I don't feel good. I have had to spend hours in the parking lot because I was unable to be put to sleep in those injections. And those injections are honestly primarily for people either giving birth who are already in extreme pain from contractions to people that were able to be put to sleep. Um, because the the uh, needle was over seven inches long, you really had to be someone who could endure pain. And I always believed in myself that I was that person until they put the needle in my back and I was passed out and um, having to drive myself home after I just puked my guts out for about 45 minutes. So you, it don't, was awful. <laughs> you don't have to do any of that anymore. No, I officially gave up on the treatment. They were very disappointed in me, but I told myself if I do it one more time, I'm going to die. Like, I knew it. Like, I think I'm spiritual enough to know. And, um, like, I know everything. Every time I have a gut feeling, like, every time I've had, like, the weirdest feeling something happened, like, I had a very, very close cousin of mine pass away the moment I felt something was wrong. And... I think I could be an empath in that way. Like I, yeah. I know things and I don't ever like to talk about it because people think you're crazy. But every time I've had that feeling, I was right. And I was right when I knew if I do this one more time, they're going to kill me. So I gave up on the treatment and they were very, I mean, I'm telling you, they were very angry at me, very <sighs> disappointed in me. They didn't want me to give up on treatment, but I told them, I said, I was so sick last time that I couldn't stand up straight for two hours. My friend who got into an 18-wheeler accident um, a month later than me ended up dying from this exact same injections. And unfortunately, he was not lucky. I hope there's no long-term effects that come about from that, from the injections. Um, because if you responded that way, what is it gonna do to you long-term? Exactly. And I, I monitor my health. I monitor it very much. I've, I've had some crazy things happen to me, but overall I see improvement. Um, I'm able to at least do Pilates without being in screeching pain, right? And um, I was able to film my latest video of babies where I'm doing the <laughs> Mulan, make a man out of you. Um, I bet over for about an hour and I'm like oh my god I don't need medicine <laughs> I'm doing so much better and I think like if people don't think that there's a god or angels they're wrong I've, 
I'm sorry if this is the very first podcast you release and I'm talking about God and angels, but they're out there. I want people who don't believe to know that they are because I'm telling you like the things that I went through to be here to this day are unreal. It was not my time because I was meant to do this. Yes. <laughs> and so much more, so much more you're going to be doing, Nicole. It was definitely not your time. And let's not be dark anymore. Okay. But I just wanted to tell my story for the people who had just started following me, for the people who don't know that that really took a toll on BY school in the exact first year. Well, it's amazing that it's still like I had no idea not being in BY school. Maybe those that were in there could could tell like there was a little disturbance in the force. But I I still saw posts from from the members or from the the uh, students. Um, it it to me like as an outsider, it seemed like everything was seamless. Like it just continued on. Like there was no no pause. Right. So it I don't know how you did it, dude, but you did it. <laughs> um. It took a lot of strength and thinking like, I don't want people feeling sorry for me. Like, we're not going to spend any more than a week on this, even though I'm dying, basically. <laughs> yeah, nobody had any clue. I had no clue that this was this was your reality for a while. So yeah. thank you yeah, for sharing I mean, I just that. finished uh, therapy in November, so I'm just barely getting out of it. And I know Brian is, he is the only one who saw my struggles. He is the only one who saw me change in split seconds, going from a, a, po a seemingly positive person to a very negative, uh, distressed person. But then he also saw, oh, the baby Yoda community is lifting her spirits up. Why? So that when you sent me this podcast, I thought, oh my God, I, I cannot wait to tell my story. It has been in me for months. I don't tell anyone this. Like you think that people who are attention seeking or want to everyone to know about their injuries would say, but I don't, I don't talk about it. It's, it's really, it feels very liberating and freeing to finally be able to talk to people about what I went through in those months. Yeah. I'm glad you shared it. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to talk about those things and the PTSD that you obviously have. Um, I hope this doesn't kind of like reignite. Oh, um, it doesn't. Any don't that? worry. Okay. I have a dash cam in my car. I'm good. <laughs> good. Well, I think having um, cheated death, um, you're obviously meant for more things. Bigger, better, more, whatever it is. Um, so you went through that, but you're going to be coming out so much. Um, what are the words I want to use? You come out valuing, valuing everything else you never used to. Like, I'll yes. tell you for once that... I used to be a very negative person. Like if things went wrong on a day I had a, a reservation, I think, why? Like, it's my fault. It's this, mm. it's that. It's not that, you know, at the end of the day, whatever's meant for you is meant for you. Even if it's not what you had in mind, it's because everything is tailored at that point. And this has, I, you can talk to Brian all you want. He will tell you I have changed a hundred percent. And I honestly, like I wouldn't, take back what happened to me because at the time I I wouldn't say I was privileged or anything like that like I had definitely gone through my share of troubles as a child growing up but I'm just saying that this 
needed to happen to me because at the moment I didn't think that my life was enough. And during 2020, I wasn't in this serious life-threatening accident. I was just sad because I was lonely. But I needed something like this to happen to me to show me that I was more than just loneliness, that I was that I actually was changing people's lives, that there was more to life than me just thinking there was four walls in front of me. And it, it's such an inspiring story. I, I think about it all the time that if I could write a book, I would. Although I don't think anyone would read it <laughs> because I don't think I'm important enough. And that's not me trying to feel sorry for myself. Trust me, I don't. If this has taught me anything, it's that you need to value life yes. at any second. And yep. every moment that you were able to see, walk, breathe, move your arm, be able to have a normal bowel movement. I know yes. I'm not trying to be gross. No, it's, it's true. so important. Absolutely. Nicole, I think you should write a book. And if you don't want to write it, I know a very good ghostwriter who would write your book for <laughs> you in, in your words. Um, I think we all need that sort of inspiration when life gets you down and just shit happens, you can't get out of that sometimes in that mindset. But hearing somebody else's story, it really kind of shifts something inside of you where you're like, yeah, you know, we're here for something. There's more to this. There's there's a purpose for my life. So I think you should write a book. <laughs> I really want to. I mean, I write journals and I'm like, this is not good. But I'm like reading survival tale stories. And I tell Brian, I'm like, I don't think they wrote this. <laughs> I think they had an author because not everyone who gets stranded on a mountain or has been in an accident is that very literate, right? Yeah. Or have yeah. people who help them write a book. And I would love to because. I have gone through a lot of things in my life. I don't think I single out through anybody else who has, but I think I'm one of those people that didn't give up. That's really important to all the other people who honestly did want to give up. And I had one of those moments this morning and I felt sad, but it, it went away. Brian helped me and he, he reassured me that I am important. And every now and then I don't feel like I am. And we all do, right? Oh, it's yeah. very, very hard to make your mark on this world but every day that you get to live is a reason why god kept you here and it's not to be religious i understand that maybe people who listen to this podcast or who want to hear this are not going to be religious and i completely get that but i hope they understand that there's a higher power out there mm -hmm. that keeps you alive that fuels you to realize that you are that important and if that person is you then they need to know that well i want everybody to feel um, comfortable in expressing themselves and whether whatever that means for you as far as religion beliefs anything I, I don't it, it doesn't matter if you're Christian Muslim Jewish um, secular anything it this is just about us this is who we are um, and so you've had this life-changing moment happen to you and for whatever reason the epiphanies that you've had from that have spoken to you in that way. And so I want you to feel comfortable and free to, to share that. And that goes for anybody and everybody. So as long as it's not hurting anybody else or condemning anybody else, then God be free. <laughs> yeah. Express I want it. anyone who hears this first podcast 
to hear, and I know there are so many people in my school who feel this way, that at a moment I wanted to end my life. And I'm not trying to be negative, but I want them to hear this because I know there's so many of the Baby Yoda community who didn't feel important enough. And I want them to know that they are because it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they've done. They could have just eaten a cracker for lunch, but that could have been the most important thing that they could have ever done because honestly, just them eating a cracker and them existing is a reason why someone else stayed alive. And I want them to know that I want them to know how important they are and how important they are to me. And I have over 110 students in my class and every single one of them, I love them. And I want them to know that they matter. And there is no reason that they should ever feel alone because they only, they always have me, they always have you. They always have anybody else who is there to listen. It doesn't matter if they were adopted. It doesn't matter if they feel alienated by their siblings or parents because at the end of the day, there is always going to be someone who is there for them. Mm -hmm. And that is me. That is you. That is anybody in that class. And at in 2020, I I planned and I've never told anybody else this. But in 2020, I had planned to end my life. And when I had Grogu, he changed my life. He he made me feel like I belonged. And I think so many people, I'm not trying to make this negative, this is actually happy, that he made so many people feel like they belonged here. And it's a sad reality but it's also a very happy reality because in that guess who we met we met our best friends we met people who believed in us they may not have been our best friends but they believed in us for us to get those jobs they believed in us for us to pass that interview for us to pay two hundred dollars to come to a meetup with people that I never thought I could ever imagine my friends. Like, I never thought that I would ever be as close to Dale. We all love Dale, right? Dale is the best person. And I hope he (laughs) listens to this podcast. I love Dale to death. And he was the last person I thought that we would ever be this close to. But Brian and I love him to death that we're going to Scotland. (laughs) I love that. Are you going to stay at his house? I know he's opened up his house to... I don't think so. Give him this podcast. If he wants us to stay at his house, we will. I want to take care of his baby. Oh my god, baby, baby Jeff. Yes, I don't know his baby, but I love his baby because (laughs) I love him and he's a part of him. And I love anything that's a part of Dale and a part of you and anyone else that I met that day because you guys made me feel alive when I left. I cried because. I realized you were my people. You were me in all in one. And it has taken me a lifetime to find people who understood me. And I finally was able to find that. And it makes me sad because you guys are all over the world. Yeah, that's the hardest part is being so far away from each other when you just want to, you want your friends there. Like, just like, let's go have coffee or let's go have some drinks. But they're not. They're like in Indonesia or... Romania, you know. in Scotland, in Scotland, exactly. <laughs> so I really got to plan a trip to Scotland. See you, Dale. Really, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys too, like. 
I love you and I love everybody else that has contributed to this because you guys know pain, you know love, and you know everything else that comes with it. It's not Hollywood crap, right? Yeah. It's it's real life. It's real life and it hurts. And there's times when you want to stop it all. Just like you said, yeah. you had plans to end it. And I think a lot of people go through that. So yeah, it's, it's real life, man. <laughs> it is. It, we got real in this podcast, but I think people need to hear it. I think they need to know, like, why did we come here? Because these babies made us feel like we were good enough. I was so happy that teacher Charlie got to meet everyone. Him giving a stern talking to Yodi. <laughs> <laughs> He did Honestly, not disappoint. I cried when y'all went to that Raiders game. I was so sad because I just wanted to stay with y'all more. I know I didn't get the chance and I didn't want you to think we didn't want to be there, but we did. I made everything possible to go because I had just gotten that job and they were not going to approve my vacation. I said, I can make a weekend work. And we went and I, when you, Dale and Aldo left, I cried. Oh. I cried to Brian. I said, I just don't want them to go because... I feel like I belong with these people. Nicole, you're gonna make me cry some more. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. I cried. I cried on the plane. I cried because I said I don't know anyone like these people. I wish that they were closer. Yeah. Well, it's true. We're we're like all cut from the same cloth. Like we, it's the babies that hold us, like tie us together, or or that brought us together. But we are the same. Like, thank God the babies exist because we would have never, I don't think, found each other. I don't think we would have. And it, that's the craziest part is we were all so alike without mm -hmm. knowing it. Yep. Okay, let me pull it together. Should we go through some of the community questions? Of course. I want to hear it. I'm here <laughs> for it. Let's do this. I know we went way over time. <laughs> okay, so Daddy Loves Grogu. Oh, yes. <laughs> she asks, what are your travel plans for this year? Jesus, I haven't even released this stuff, but oh, uh, insider. in 20 days, <laughs> Brian and I plan to go my, to my lifelong dream of Athens, Greece. <gasps> I have spent days sewing Grogu and Oliver's uh, togas. Oh my God. <laughs> I have sewed, I have embellished, they have their sandals, they are ready to go to Greece, and um, so are we. we I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, Japan was always our number one venture, but uh, before Japan, I knew that Greek mythology was always my passion, and mm -hmm. one day, I knew one day we were going to be able to visit Greece, and my vacation got approved, so... We are planning Greece, and in the near very future, in September, we really, really want to go to Scotland. And we have been in contact with Dale, Angie, and um, Beb's mom, and we really, really want to go to and visit them. It won't be very long, but if we could just meet them, that would absolutely melt our hearts. Yes. So to answer um, Mal's question, yes, we have lots of travel plans. And we also want to go to September. I mean, we want to go to uh, Seattle in December. Okay, so Jesse Joker. Oh, Jesse, I love Jesse. <laughs> he says, what do you think of your student, JJ? I love JJ. I, I don't like that he drinks tequila. 
<laughs> I don't like that he advocates Nakey Tuesday, Nakey Thursday, Nakey every day. <laughs> we don't need our babies naked in BY school. We'll just say that. But I love JJ. Why do I love JJ? Because he brings adversity to the group. He pushes the boundaries and I couldn't ask for anything more. I don't want every student to be the same. I want them to be them. And if yeah. JJ wants to be naked, bring it on. <laughs> and I love him. I really hope he hears this and he he knows that I love everything about his personality. <laughs> so my baby Yoda diaries says, how did you come up with the idea of creating BY school? And did you expect the welcome? Oh, did I expect the welcome? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give all the credit to Uncle B, Uncle Brian. He he created BY School intentionally, and I just created the lesson plans. And from then on, Brian only became more successful with his career, but he has always been supportive. And he is supportive with what I've done with the school, and he couldn't be even more proud that I created what has been. And to answer her question, we were not expecting over 110 students, but <laughs> we are so happy and to grow more is an honor. It's unreal. Okay, so Blur's Days with Baby Yoda. <laughs> What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in life? Oh my God. The lesson I've learned in life is to just appreciate every day that you breathe that you're able to use your bodily functions, um, being able to see, hear, and eat, and yeah. swallow food. I'm telling you right now that before my accident, I was not appreciative of those things, but I want everyone to know that if you have a bad day, if you can swallow your food without any pain, see, hear, use the restroom, be able to turn on a remote control with your bare hands. It is a good day. So Blur's Days with Baby Yoda, every day that you get to live normally without any implications is a, another day to be grateful. And I want them, everyone to know that. Okay, so Yodi Rise of Adventure. Oh, Yodi, <laughs> my troublemaker. What does he want? <laughs> this is more of a statement rather than a question, but... Oh, great. <laughs> I'll read it in Yodi speak. Yous put in a good word with Yous mom for me's. Oh, goodness. Okay, so Yodi wants a date with me. <laughs> <laughs> I will gladly go on a date with Yodi, okay? My children do not agree. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> he has been asking for my number and he has been harassing me. I will accept it. <laughs> You'll take one for the team, basically. I'll take one for the team, but Teacher Charlie is not happy. Um, all right, so Pepito666's mom. Oh, Pepito. Yeah. She says, what inspired you to become a teacher and that made you want to teach all of us? So Charlie, like I said, had wisdom beyond his years. He, he knew everything before anyone knew he knew the answers to all volcanic formations mm. every rock type i don't know how charlie knew it but 
if I had a rock on my lap, he knew it was an igneous, metamorphic, or whatever rock, yeah. right? And he was meant to be a teacher. He was a snob. He was, um, he just knew it all. He put Grogu and Oliver in his place, cello-y, with telling him, stop looking in the mirror, stop being vain. And he was meant to be a teacher. He was meant to be a teacher because he had the knowledge of everything he could. And on top of that, he wanted to learn more. He wants to know everything about all our students. He wants to know where they're from. He wants to know their customs. And on top of that, he loves all of our students. And Grogu doesn't. So I'm just saying that <laughs> Grogu is not meant to be a teacher. Ollie is too hungry to be a teacher. And Chelo is too self-absorbed. So, uh Charlie was only the best fit. He knew what he was destined for and he embraced it. He was ready. He did. <laughs> um, okay, so Captain Hook 72. Oh, sure, Locke. What does he have to say? Yeah. Um, well, this was in response to um, the the story post, which said, ask, ask your questions to Teacher Charlie and the rest of the gang. So he says, who is the rest of the gang? And more importantly... Do they have a mystery-solving dog named Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Unfortunately, we do not have a mystery-solving dog named Scooby-Doo, but we do have a mystery-solving dog named Sadie, and she is the baby's dog. Unfortunately, she is terrified of them. She will not let them kiss her. She will not let them pet her, and she knows that they dominate the house. <laughs> But nevertheless, she loves them, I hope. And uh, <laughs> and uh, the rest of the game is Oliver, Chelloey, and um, Groku. And they're in Charlie's shadow, they feel, most of the times. Although Chelloey says that nobody could be in his shadow because he is the best. But those are his brothers. And we have one. And we have Jax, too, our other dog that um, Sadie is in a relationship with, but uh, we have two very loving dogs that are terrified of the babies. Oh no. <laughs> they are terrified. I have tried every method, but they are terrified. Well, it's because they have such strong personalities, you know, it's not just- That's what I believe. Yeah. And that's how I know they're not just dolls. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, they're not just inanimate objects. They are. They're not. They're they people. Move, they tell them things. They know. Yep. So, uh, Sadie and Jack, they know. <laughs> well, Nicole, thank you so much for being the first guest on the podcast. Um, I'm hoping that this will um, speak to many. I think it will. I hope so too. Yeah. I really hope so. I'm so. I'm so honored and happy that you were, I was your first person. Honestly, I felt like crying and I honestly will listen to every podcast you have. I cannot wait to hear everyone else's story. And I'm just so grateful that you have featured me on yours. All right. Thank you. And you know what? Your, your, um, <clears throat> openness and your willingness <clears throat> to share everything I think is going to be an inspiration for others because you've, you've said so many things that I had no idea. I mean, obviously we're not going to know everything about each other. Um, of course. Yeah. But I had no idea like the extent of the things you've been through and, and what you're willing to share. And that makes me really excited to hear everybody else's story. And that's, that's what the podcast is about is getting to know each other in, in depth like this, or at least, 
um, as much as anybody's willing to share. <laughs> so I thank you for that, that you set the bar. Um, Oh my God, I think I was a little too deep, but please share Yodi after this. Cause I, I want to hear Yodi's story. I want to know why he's such a troublemaker and that he pees in the snow. I, I need to know it all. All right, Nicole, thank you so much. And we'll be seeing you at school. Please do let me know. I, I'm here anytime. Okay. okay? <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.